Hello and welcome to Talk Product. Uh, my name is Casey and the show is all about talking about product design, tech, life, and how to get in the industry. So today I'm talking with my good friend, Greg Christian. Hey, Greg. What's up, Casey? What's up, man? Welcome to the podcast. Um, thanks again for, for wanting to join, dude. Yeah, no, no worries. I mean, we, uh, we tried the first time and then I had a newborn pop out and then we had to push it back. So here we are. Dude, no problem. I mean, like, it's a huge deal, right? Like, um, mm -hmm. you know, of course, like, it's just, just like a silly podcast. Like, I, <laughs> I knew you had already had, were like juggling with a lot too. So I didn't want to like put an, another thing on you um, on top of being like a brand new dad. Oh, we're good. Um, baby pop, baby's out. Her name is Josephine. She's healthy. She's it's our first. Um, it's all, we're doing good. We're at home. Cool, man. So like, What's it like being a new dad? Mm. It's, 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 it's inherently exhausting and tiring, but you go from like being falling asleep on the couch tired to you might hear her cry. And you just have another burst of energy. You go see her, how she's doing. Or every morning is like a reset. Like you don't really care what happened yesterday. It's like you see her wake up and like, Oh, we're starting over today. Let's, let's have a good, good fun day together as a family. And uh it was it was in our plan to have a child it just happened to be during COVID so that's been a, that was a fun year uh like like I didn't get to go to any of the doctor appointments I had to FaceTime I couldn't go to the hospitals um but it's I'm glad I'm glad that, well one thing that was funny is that anybody who had a kid would give you advice even <laughs> if you didn't ask for it and it's like uh be sure to charge those batteries get ready to stay up late and it's like yeah, we're on board for that. We, we know what we're doing. Um, but being a dad is, it's the first time we can't be selfish. Like my wife and I have, our adult years are like 14 plus over 18 of just uh, worrying about ourselves. Now it doesn't, now it doesn't matter anymore. Like we, we get to take care of the baby and grow her up and see what she wants to do. Yeah, my buddy Ian, he just had his kid. Well, not just had his kid. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And he pretty much told me the same thing. Like your priorities just change like immediately. Yeah. Um, uh, energy. So the big one, like eating healthy, not staying up late. Like I was, I mean, I'm like early, my early thirties, but I was basically living a 20 year old lifestyle for the whole time. So, um, it's, it's awesome. I mean, we're pumped. Uh, maybe have more one day. Um, I don't think our apartment could have, can hold in more furniture or people. But uh, yeah, dude, we're doing good. How, how are you, you guys gonna, ever gonna have kids? Is that in the cards? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely in the plan. Um, we're actually trying now. Cool. Uh, so, like you said, during COVID, it's a little weird. Um, not sure what that's gonna be like. So, it's interesting to hear your experience. Like, you couldn't really go in the hospital, you had to FaceTime. Like, that must have been stressful. And I guess that comes with the territory of like doing anything during a pandemic. Yeah. Cause I think our first hospital visit would have been last May. So a year ago. So that's like right when it ramped up in New York pretty hard and, or it was ramping up and the doctors like, can't come in. I was like, okay, I'll play by the rules. I'm like whatever you guys want to do is fine. Um, uh, well, I mean, off air, you can always text me questions or concerns about Good stuff. I'm, I'm sure oh, Ian's sure. our resident. Ian's our resident dad in this room, so he can take care of it for us. 
Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so, I mean, you are like a personal, like inspiration of mine in terms of design. I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about kind of what you do and a little bit about your work history. Yeah. Um, so I'm out in Brooklyn, uh, Williamsburg to be exact. And we've been here for like three and a half years. Uh, but I have found a good niche of working in financial design. So like helping um, fintech startups get up, get up and going. Um, and I've been doing that for the last probably seven, eight years now. It's bouncing between different, everything from like personal investing products to uh, proxy shareholding voting rights called, that was a fun project. Um, and then most recently I work at a company called blockchain.com. So we're heavy in crypto and all that craziness of internet money. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. Your designs are very inspiring. Like, I, I mean, obviously I've been following you for a long time and seeing you uh, grow and develop as a designer and just seeing mm -hmm. like the work that you've been producing, it's inspiring. And it's, and it's, um, I mean, I'm going to call it pretty, like your designs are very pretty. They're very vivid and um, they're kind of refreshing. Like it's nice to see FinTech centric products not look like FinTech in a good way, you know, cause they all kind of mm -hmm. look alike, but it seems mm -hmm. like your products and your branding um, it's very individual to you. I feel like. Thank you. Um, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of the founders I've worked for have, wanted to be anti-bank, anti-rigid, like friendly, like you're, you're going after 20 somethings who are opening up their first retirement account. Like you can't, you can't be the black rocks of America. So, um, thanks dude. Yeah. That's good to know. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Did you like fall into FinTech? Um, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, so we used to live in Costa Mesa and we lived there for like five years and I worked at a, I worked at a small agency that was up and running for a couple of years and Orange County's design team was small. We had like a weekly uh, lunch. If you could make it, you'd show up and just be random people for like everyone from like Oakley. Those guys would come up, the stance guys would, would be around. Um, I don't know. Just, it was just like a bunch of fresh faces, people saying hi. And uh, that's when I met David Keegan. Uh, it's probably 2017, 2016. And started following him on the good old fashioned dribble.com. And he posted Acorns Beta. I knew a little bit about the company. I knew they were in Newport. Uh, I got on the beta, started using it. I'm like, this thing's pretty sweet. And I was like, I was only working professionally for maybe four years at that point at, at an agency. And prior to that, like an architecture firm. So I knew nothing about startups. I, knew, I didn't even know like, I didn't even know about fundraising. I didn't know any of that stuff. Uh, so whenever I reached out, whenever they said they were hiring, I just reached out, had a couple of interviews, and it worked out. And I got and I was able to join a company that was they're in private beta. Uh, and I just was a fly on the wall, doing anything I could to help, uh, like designing out the emails, uh, getting stickers ready for events. Um, There's probably like thirty of us at that point, and Dude, I was just there to be a sponge and learn and like a good, like, uh, like our whole trading team in the back office, like very smart people who are actually doing the, the, the market trades and you moving the money around. Um, very fascinating. And I just like, cool, this is fun. Like 
on paper, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be there. Not so much on the design side. It's like, uh, I was like 90 grand in debt from college. I could barely afford rent. Like I was, I was their targeted user, like helping people save money. So that, that's probably what helped me understand how to build that product. Well, is that like, I was my user. Yeah. And it probably helped you build empathy with, um, other users as well. Like really gaining their perspective when creating those mm-hmm. designs. Yeah. Well, I, I, we always made it very clear that like someone, someone's giving us their $5. Like they should always know where it is. They sh- it should be fast transactionally. Uh, if five bucks, five bucks is a lot of people, a lot of money to people. Um, if it's your first time, uh, buying stocks and you can only afford 40 bucks and that's their, and that's what you're comfortable giving us. Cool. Well, we got to be responsible with it and make sure you know where it is and how to get it back. Uh, so yeah, we're, and that was what I think Acorn still is doing well today is we're helping the first time investor, first time retirement planner. Uh, I think they got like, uh, custodial accounts for kids for their like college savings. Um, yeah, they're, they're crushing it. They're doing great. That's cool. And I think I met you while you were working for Acorns. And I think the first time we actually met was in New mm-hmm. York. And I think you were there uh, with that company to attend our design conference. And it feels like it was forever ago. That's correct. Cause uh, we did, the, I think we did the, the photo booth for you guys. Yeah. 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 Man, it was so long ago. It feels like centuries yeah, ago. We did, <laughs> we did that. We had the, went to that Tiki bar after. Yeah. Everyone got home somehow. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, yeah, those were those were some wild times for sure, too. <laughs> that, that was my first time. That was my first time in an East Coast snowstorm. I was drastically unprepared. Yeah, that was cold. It still is cold. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like, did that get you kind of interested in living in New York eventually, or how? What was that transition like? Like living in Costa Mesa and obviously having our sort of climate. Um, very California centric, mm-hmm. very dry, hot, and then mm-hmm. deciding to move to New York. Was that, did that like spark interest in it or like, what was that transition like? Uh, my wife had a, has a bucket list and one of them was living in New York. So uh, you're correct. Like living in Costa Mesa, like I grew up in Southern Orange County and, and I know it's a bubble. It's a great bubble to be in. It's fun. Um, but after a little bit of traveling, we realized we need to like change up our everyday routine and people we were neighbors with. And um, whenever a, a company reached out and they wanted me to do like a year or two of working for them, like consulting, it turned into a full time called Say, I think they go by Say Technologies now. It used to be Say.com. That was the press, the proxy building company. Um, they were willing, they wanted us all to be in New York, all of the candidates. And I was like, okay. So, there was a relocation package. My wife and I said, let's do it. Let's just pack up and go see what this thing's all about. And uh, the decision was easier to make knowing that I had a few college roommates who live in Brooklyn and their friends. And it was, a, it was easy to get plugged in with a, with a community really quick, which I think was uh, a big blessing to be honest. Like if we had to move here knowing nobody, it would be pretty tough. Like, um, so yeah, that would have been three and a half years ago. We did that. And we, I remember that we moved, we flew in. So we sold all of our big items in California. We sold our car. We, uh, my parents dropped us off at the airport and we flew in to JFK and we landed and it was 11 degrees. And all I had was a hoodie and some vans. Yeah. And 
I was not, not neither of us were prepared for the inclement weather. Um, and what else is good about it? It's just, uh, it's been healthy for us just to have a perspective on like lifestyles. Yeah, I like, love I walk, New York. Yeah, like walking everywhere. Uh, if, if you want a snack, you just go to the corner. Like you don't need a car. I mean, it's just uh, the obvious factors, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I love about New York. For me, it almost feels like a second home because I worked at NASDAQ for so mm -hmm. long. So I did a lot of trips to New York and became sort of a second home. Like I became familiar with some of the boroughs and and the financial district and where the good bars were and, um, you know, all that great stuff. And like, I miss it. <laughs> I miss New York. I miss mm -hmm. it a ton. And, you know, if it wasn't for this pandemic, I probably would have made a couple trips to go down there and visit you guys and visit some old friends of mine. And I don't know, find some reason to, to hang out in the East coast again. Cause I, I sincerely miss it. I, I think the, it feels like the summer is going to be a good summer to be out here because most of us are going to be vaccinated and you just get that shot, Casey, and fly out here. Yeah. We'll hang out. I already got my first shot. My second shot is scheduled on the 18th. And then after Perfect. that, I'm, yeah. I can, I guess I can go anywhere. I don't know. As long as things are at, at the level they are now, because it feels like we're kind of in a lull. Like mm -hmm. we had, we had some really intense, um, like cases spike not that long ago. And now California is mm -hmm. looking pretty good, but then hearing what's going on in the rest of the world, mm -hmm. like I'm terrified that we're going to get another spike and another variant. And like, mm -hmm. I really hope that doesn't happen because I'm also like, I'm planning loosely planning on visiting Chicago around August uh, for the UX camp and to hang out with my old coworkers. We, we mm -hmm. used to do it yearly. So that's another thing that I have planned too. So it's like, I'm hoping for the best. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we're all together. That's the, the classic line of keep hearing. No, no, totally. And I think just like being part of the community helps, um, not just the design community, but like socializing on things like Twitter and, you know, social media. And yeah, some of it is, isn't very healthy, but in the long term, mm -hmm. being in the middle of this pandemic, that's like the only way that you can communicate with people and having technology like FaceTime and stuff, especially FaceTime. Like if I didn't have FaceTime, I feel like I would have mm -hmm. been in much worse, uh, in a much worse state uh, without having to see my mom or see my sister mm -hmm. and talk with them, you know? Yeah. Yep. So in a way, technology kind of hurts us, but then we can't really live without it, especially in in this pandemic era i hear you now what got you interested in the crypto space with you know you said you mentioned you're working in blockchain now so how did that come about yeah so uh so whenever that company say put put me out in new york um i was done working there and i started looking around for what's what's in new york we had no idea i the plan was just freelance for the rest of the year um but then uh, an old coworker, Autumn Vey, who was actually at Acorns with me, she ended up at blockchain.com. Don't know how she ended up there. I should ask her that. Uh, but she was, a she was a designer there. And she's like, hey, you should meet my boss. He's a great guy, Tian Liu. I was like, all right, cool. Um, and it was good timing, really. Like I was looking for work. 
they needed more designers. Uh, I had a okay background in finance, so it helped, it helped out a bunch. And then Tian and I talked twice a week for probably three to four weeks and just kept interviewing each other to see like what needs to be done here. There was no rush on either side. And uh, it's officially my longest job I've ever had, three and a half years. And Wow, congrats, uh, man. I, well, I, I feel like my my early career, it's like try a new job, try a new job, try a new job. And now with this team, I'm like, cool, this is fun. I could do this for a while. That's awesome. Yeah. It's it's cool to hear that you've sort of like found a place to settle a little bit because ju- like jumping to different jobs, it's fun, but it's mm-hmm. also nice to find a team that you're like, okay, these guys are cool. Um, the benefits are great. The pay is pretty good. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like I can get a little comfortable. So that's cool mm-hmm. that you found a place where you can like just chill for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, team is great. My meat design team is great. Engineering is good. Uh, everyone's being a benefit is we were actually remote before COVID happened. So not so much that, so we were able to adapt well with the changing of the world. Um, but, uh, even now the company with good, good teammates, even the business model is working well. So like most of the startups I worked at were never profitable, <laughs> like never, never actually made money, just burned cash. Um, and I joined blockchain right as the Bitcoin crash happened in that, that January, where it went from like 20 oh. to six in like two weeks. That must have been stressful. Yeah, I, I mean, I was so new to it. I was like, oh, this must be normal. This is fine, I guess. Nope, nope. What was cool, no one ever cared internally. Like, even if, if you did care, you didn't bring it up. It was like, all right, we'll just keep building. Keep, keep our heads down. Well, we got to keep... That's kind of how it always at the, at the company. is like build, 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 refine. Don't worry about the market too much. Mm-hmm. And now it's like spiking, like it's the highest it's mm-hmm. ever been. In fact, like yeah. every asset is the highest it's ever been. So how has your team adapted to that? Oh, well, I have been on paternity. I, I oh, right. off. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't, actually, I'll find out next week what's happening. <laughs> um, I think they should be doing good. I keep an eye on the products. Um, yeah, because Ethereum hit an all-time high this week. Blockchain or Bitcoin was like two weeks ago hit sixty-five. Um, if I had to guess, the if I had to guess, customer support went up big time because a lot more people get interested when the price goes up. Natural. <laughs> like it's crazy that if like it wasn't even a little more than a year ago that it was like March that it went down. I think Bitcoin was down to like three grand. Or three, mm-hmm. like thirty five hundred, the low, the mm-hmm. lowest it's been in years, and now it's at like what did you say, sixty five? Is this sixty five? Let's see, I can pull up real quick. It's nuts. Yeah, and Bitcoin's sitting at currently at the time of recording, we're sitting at fifty seven two on Bitcoin, and then thirty four hundred on Ethereum. Good old Dogecoin at sixty nine cents <laughs> that right too. now. Yeah, that one's fun, right? <laughs> And it's crazy, like seeing that there's just like overnight millionaires. They're just like on Twitter, it's like, oh, I guess I netted a million, and I, I guess I'm a millionaire now because of this meme. It's uh, just wild, dude. It's it's yeah, wild. Yeah, I'm sure that's happened. I'm sure people have done well for themselves. Yeah, and there's some people that obviously have like FOMO, and they're saying, oh man, I wish I would have like mm-hmm. put X amount of money 
into this asset. But like at the end of the day, it's like, you can't beat yourself up. You can't, I mean, cause if you, if you linger too long on what ifs, especially when it comes to finances and people talk about that with, with just traditional stocks too, it's, it doesn't do you any good. Like in my opinion, the goal isn't necessarily to make a ton of money. It's to mm. not lose a ton of money. Like if you netted a profit, even a small profit, you've won. Right. Um, in, in my opinion, like the name of the game is to not go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, I can't give investment advice, but uh, just be smart. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Just be smart. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, Don't invest money that you're not afraid to lose. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So back to design. You got, you got, you got, oh, go ahead, Greg. Yeah, go for it. I was no, ask you, do you, you got any crypto? Um, I used to. Um, I made a little Ooh. bit. We, we made a little bit, um, you know, after March. And then I was like, oh, cool. It's pretty low. So my monkey brain was thinking, okay, since it's low, <laughs> then as things get better, it's going to eventually go back up. So mm-hmm. we put a little bit in and um, we, we made a little bit of a profit. Um, nice. And it was kind of fun, but I'm not like, we don't own any crypto right now. Um, okay. We still have our traditional stocks and um, we basically use, uh, so every paycheck I get, I put at mm-hmm. least a hundred, like 50 to a hundred, depending on the week aside mm-hmm. for just investing. So I have a Fidelity account and I just put a hundred a paycheck into the Fidelity account. And after mm-hmm. so many paychecks, I go, okay, what do I want to invest in? And right mm-hmm. now our strategy is um, mm-hmm. space. So like, mm-hmm companies that are manufacturing space components, what companies are looking for um, a future in commercial space flight. So our, mm-hmm. most of our portfolio is surrounded by space assets, which is pretty mm-hmm. neat. So. Hmm. How, how have you been finding like the research on these companies? Like how are you finding who's in, like, are you doing like the big aeronautics guys or are you doing like, Oh, I can't afford Boeing. No, I can't afford Boeing. Any, any stock that's over like 200 bucks. I'm just like, Nope. I'm looking for like small manufacturers. So like manufacturers in steel and aluminum who are Mm -hmm. making components for like Boeing and SpaceX and stuff. Cause I'm, I'm assuming that, okay, if these things continue to grow, obviously that company is going to continue to grow. And -hmm. if their stock is like 10 bucks a share, 15 bucks a share, then who cares? It's like, Mm -hmm you know, low risk, high reward is, is how I kind of mm-hmm. think about it. Um, but it's all going to be like over time. Like I don't plan on taking any money out until I'm like 60, 65. Cool. And then maybe we can yep. use it on a dope RV. I don't know. That's I like that. That's I agree with that plan. You know, you got to hold it till you're old. Back to like talking a little bit about design. Um, obviously mm-hmm. you're a designer that, inspires me a lot um you and jed and uh several other dudes who i'm i'm lucky to be friends with who also inspire me um a whole bunch so what who like inspires you the most with with the designs that you make and the kind of style that you've you've tailored yourself to Mm. well i i have the uh you sent me the the notes on this before so i saw that question come up i thought about it Generally, I try to stray, stray away from fanboy and like care about who's doing what and styles and trends. Um, 
somebody who I always look at uh, and his work is just so sick is Chase Hansen. He does uh, like U- UI and heads up display work for like Marvels and Avengers movies. So like all the in movie UI that's quote unquote fake is actually thought out to be a working OS. Not that it's actually prod ready, but that it actually is semi-functional. So if you like, if you're ever on a project and you just want to try something brand new and not be on Behance, not be on Dribble, not be on Twitter, and like follow the trends, look up Jace Hansen's work and just try something really crazy. I'm writing his name down. That's what I'm gonna yeah. do right after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's super dope. Um, who uh, I t- uh. Yeah, that's what I'm comfortable. Yeah, he's pretty sweet. As for like product designers or like graphic designers, I'm impressed with. Um, I don't know. I need to like, I need to look around. I mean, the, the Hood Sisters, shout out to them. They're lovely ladies. They, they do amazing work. Um, uh, what's that guy's? What's the dude's name? At, uh, Stripe, Brandon, Brandon DeCock, Brandon DeCock. Let's see, let's see what Google tells me. So I think he codes all of his stuff, which is insane. But for the internet out there, like I don't code. Sorry. I I'm mean, honestly like I kind of enjoy like none of my immediate friends I hang out with are designers. Like I don't only really talk design outside of work, which I think is cool. Uh, I guess the designers I work with on a daily basis are amazing. Like Sydney St. Clair, Michael Cusin, Tian Lu, Rosanna Castano, the blockchain crew. They're super fun oh uh, ethan mcdonald i didn't forget you ethan ethan joined whenever i was on paternity leave so he's in there ethan dude ethan actually held the fort down because michael and i both had kids so he came in fresh and just took over all product design for the company while we were out so shout uh, shout out to you ethan i'll review your work next week to make sure it's good (laughs) that's cool but that's what it's all about right it's um you know a lot of product design isn't flashy. It's it's like getting heads down, getting the work done, um, getting the work in, and mm-hmm. being there to support your coworkers. Um, a lot of it, a lot of the great work, is work that's not necessarily seen on public platforms like Dribble or, you know, those those sort of sites. Yeah, like like think of how many like amazing designers that work at, like Apple and Sony that aren't on Twitter, they aren't, they, aren't, they don't care about being known. Like just, they just do the work and they love doing the work and that that's functional and it, like, that's awesome. Like, but, like that's great product design. It's functional, it works. Does it, is it seamless? Is the customer happy? Cool, great. Does it win design awards? Maybe, does that matter? No. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Um, Cause you don't see a whole lot of other people in the field that are like in the creative field like uh, yes. for instance yes, 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 like yes. uh concept design there are a lot of great um traditional concept designers who don't use social media at all who aren't on anything else but they produce just some of the greatest like matte paintings and yeah. things for like the mandalorian where they mix 3d and, and traditional and you would expect oh those guys would kill it if they went on any of those like public portfolios or or twitter or whatever and they just don't care they just care about the craft and then going home and living you know living their lives <laughs> mm-hmm. like 
Like, do you think lawyers are on like legal Twitter and writing medium posts about the next, <laughs> the next job they're going to? Yeah, like, for no. sure. Like, I don't know any other industry that writes a post about their, their new job. No, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, like people in accounting, like, is there like an accounting <laughs> yeah. following? No, I mean, there's probably accounting Twitter. Shout out to hashtag account Twitter. But uh, yeah, uh, design, have a good, I don't know how we got to this point. Yeah, design Twitter. My little bubble is fun, I guess. It's safe. No, and it's, it's kind of an ambiguous field. Like there's a lot of different people in different disciplines that are in the, you know, quote unquote design circle. So I think that has something to do with it because you have graphic designers, Mm-hmm. You have product designers, you have UX designers who just work on like workflow and research. You have mm-hmm. all these different des- designers converging in this very similar platform, all talking about similar things. They all have mm-hmm. their own niches, but I feel like that's where a lot of that rhetoric comes from um, and why I feel like there's so much public space for just design and graphic design. Mm-hmm. Yeah but i mean i'm with you like there was a time where there was a good couple years where i just left everything like i did the whole um what's the phrase where you blow up your own stuff that's like a Uh, i'll I'll think of it you 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 nuked it you uh... yeah yeah like i i deleted my dribble like completely i deleted my twitter I deleted my Behance. I deleted like all this stuff because I was in the mindset of like, I don't like any of this old work. Like a lot of it was super old, like from 2007, 2008, like all traditional like web design stuff from way back in the day. I'm like, all this stuff makes me look so old, like in terms of (laughs) design. Because I would look at my my buddies and friends and I'm just like, you're not, I know you're not supposed to compare yourself with, with, you know, your peers, but you can't, you kind of can't help it sometimes. And I was like, man, I don't, I just don't like, like, I don't compare with, with the work that I've produced in the past. So I nuked just absolutely everything, even my Twitter account. Um, and then when the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. I just kind of had like a bit of a panic because now mm-hmm. I can't talk to people. I can't mm-hmm. see people. Um, and I felt just completely disconnected from everything. And the only circle that I had were the friends that I made in design. So like the first mm-hmm. thing I did was like, I booted up Twitter. I was like, okay, well now I, you know, I need to use my, my time doing something. So I really like, I created a new dribble and I like started on some new projects and just completely started from scratch. Um, I, I almost even left design entirely. Like I almost just went straight to just front end development. Like mm-hmm. I had this weird transition. I think a lot of it was pandemic um, anxiety related, but I almost just completely left design altogether. <laughs> I, I can see the benefit to doing that. You know, you could no. stop caring about trends and just uh, like open up a pizza parlor one day, you know, and just get out of tech. Sure. Yeah. And I remember you and I had that talk um, before you, before you guys moved, I think it was like in your backyard, we were hanging out. I think we went to that pizza place or something. Um, oh, Sergeant Peps. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. And we had that talk where I was just like, man, I don't know if I can do tech anymore. Like I was being completely sincere with you. And I was like, uh-huh. cause I was also, um, educating myself within fine art again. And I was attending 
um, the Concept Design Academy in Pasadena because you can pay for individual classes. So I was taking some fundamental courses and kind of getting my skills back and getting my muscle memory back. And then I was thinking, I was like, man, I want to transition to like storyboard design and maybe concept design and just just try something brand new. And we had a really good talk. And it, even though I didn't commit to that and I went back to design and I went back to kind of what I know and what I've disciplined myself in most of my adult life, I learned a lot through stepping away for like a couple of years and just educating myself in a whole other discipline altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you kind of need to do that to reinvigorate yourself in your craft. Yeah. You know? Take breaks. Uh yeah, you because know, like I find myself in like the crypto hole all day long, just like reading the same news blogs and just gotta stop caring about it and just uh, uh, what have we done? I used to barbecue. That was my like small way to get out of design world, but you can't really barbecue in New York. I think actually I think it's illegal or something. No, no one does it. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know how you would do it. I don't know where I put it on the roof. I guess. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. Like you can't smoke any meats because then you'll probably smoke out your neighbors. <laughs> yeah. They would hate you. They'll probably think the building's on fire and you'll start a panic. That is for sure. Yeah. Because I want to have seen people barbecue in the park. That's probably the only way you can do it. That's one great thing about New York is there's a lot of beautiful parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we, we, we try to go to the, the dog park every other day. It's like a little nice five minute walk and run the pup around. Um, are you, are you happy you stayed in design in tech? That's a great question. I am. Um, okay. And I'm happy for that I stayed in design for a multitude of reasons. Um, when I got hired onto Experian and I decided ultimately, okay, I'm going to stay in design. I'm going to be a UX engineer, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll do the UX, like the traditional user experience work where you're talking with users, conducting usability sessions, um, you know, doing workflow, but then also coding. So I was working Mm -hmm. both, you know, both sides of my brain, rapid prototyping and then testing those Mm -hmm. prototypes and using design as, or using code as a medium to produce design. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of reinvigorated why I got into it, like using both sides of my brain and just being creative and being a builder, but being a creative builder. Like, I feel like I didn't pigeonhole myself into just a particular design discipline, but allowing myself to kind of become a generalist in a sense and keep Mm -hmm. myself curious in other aspects of it. But I also, I still do traditional art. Like that has never left um, my tool belt. Like for Mm -hmm. instance, I did... (laughs) I did a really silly poster for a buddy of mine who he's a independent director and he's making a movie and he needed some posters in the background of this character who oh, cool. he's a failing director. The The protagonist is a failing director. So he wanted all these silly, like um, kind of eighties era action movie posters. And he asked me if mm-hmm. I could do it. And I was like, sure. You, if you would imagine um, die hard or like evil dead Two, or, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? Army of darkness. Like I posted that, that study where I was like studying the army of darkness poster where it's like his chest is out and he's got the chainsaw and the double barrel shotgun. And he's like on a hill yeah. and he's fighting demons. Um, like he was, 
basically asking me to use that as inspiration. You know, it was fun. Like, obviously I, d- I don't get paid as well doing that kind of work, but it, it, invig- it like, it, it reinvigorates me. It makes it, it gives me kind of energy to get back into what does make me a ton of money, which is tech. And that's why I'm in tech. I'm going to be completely honest with everyone. Like I am in tech because it pays the bills. That paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm still, I still dabble in, in, you know, what I'm passionate about. And I'm not just passionate about fine art. Like surfing has become a huge passion of mine, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't do it for the money at all. I don't do it to make friends. Like I'm out there by myself. So it's not a social thing, but it's, Mm -hmm. um, it gives me energy, it decreases anxiety, and it just makes me happy. And I think that's one thing that a lot of designers forget to pursue is happiness. And you're out there every day in the water, it seems like. Just about. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I've dropped like 15 pounds. Nice. I have like shoulders, which I've never had before. I'm in the best shape of my life at 33. And that's just Good. all a consequence of, of my anxiety. And a way for me to decrease anxiety has become surfing. And since I live by the coast, it became a really easy hobby to pick up. <laughs> did you did you surf before? I did. I surfed off and on when I was a teenager. Okay. Especially when I was 14, 15. Um, one of my best friends, Ricky Whitlock, his dad is the legendary surfboard shaper, Rusty Whitlock. And he became a semi-professional uh, surfer. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to surf with him like a ton. Like we used to surf together, skate together. And then at some point, um, I stopped doing that and I started building computers and I started becoming like an Uber nerd and got into video games. And I just got mm-hmm. out of like uh, board sports altogether. But now that I've moved to Orange County, I've made friends in the skateboarding scene and mm-hmm. in the surfing scene. And uh, all that muscle memory has come back to me. And now I'm doing that like almost every weekend. I'm either skating with buddies like Ian Smile. I did a I did an episode with him. Mm-hmm. He's become, mm-hmm. I mean, we've known each other for a long time, but now we, we've kind of become homies. <laughs> we like hang out like every, every weekend to skate. Um, so I skate with him and then I surf by myself like almost every weekday, either in the morning or after work. Mm-hmm. So, and I've seen that you've got, uh, you've gotten into running um recently so what's yeah. what's that been like uh awesome loving it um uh, like uh i don't know last march you're you're in some change uh, we realized that covid was going to be around for a while we're eating and drinking too much so we picked up a, a peloton bike and we put that in the house we started riding and i slowly got back started to get better shape and i was a back in shape i mean I would destroy my body by drinking and partying for my late twenties. And, uh, maybe, maybe like mid July of last year, I, I tried out the Peloton running app. So I had the account. I was like, oh, I'll try running. And I could do like a mile a week, maybe two miles a week and just kept running. And then I just have, haven't stopped. I just kept going. I got just trying to run every day and just get, get super healthy. Um, I want to avoid that old man pot belly that people get if I keep eating the way I do. And uh, I also really want to be mentally and physically here for my daughter for her entire life. 
Uh, and I think exercise is very important. Um, I mean, a lot of the men and women that are like, I've looked up to in my life are very healthy and very active and it just avoids a lot of diseases you don't need to get. So yeah, dude, I'm on, I'm trying to run a thousand miles this year. And today in preparation for your call, I hit 400 flat. Dude. I put in in some steps today. Congrats, man. Good number. Thanks. That's sick. Yeah. Speaking about our twenties, like I was the same, same, same deal. Like I was drinking too much. I was partying too much. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not really taking care of myself, taking a lot of risks. (laughs) Like I did a lot of risky things. And, um, you know, now that I'm kind of in my thirties, it's like, you kind of reevaluate and surfing and choosing like being fit over being just like static and, you know, the, the self, the self, um, destruction and almost the self-loathing. Like I had a lot of self-loathing in, in my twenties too. And that's all gone. <laughs> like I don't have it anymore. And it's, and it's, uh, it's weird how you make that change and you almost feel like a whole different person almost. Yeah. I, I should, we should have done this sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Plus we're getting older now. We start getting weight. Yeah. Like your metabolism starts to slow down and, you know, things become harder. And um, even though, like I mentioned, like now I'm in the best shape of my life at 33. Like I wasn't even close to the strength that I have in my twenties that I have now. um, Just because I made that decision that I was going to take care of myself and my well being and Mm -hmm. my mental health. Like I didn't, I didn't put mental health at the forefront of all of my other priorities. And I made the decision that if I was going to help anyone else, I need to help myself first. Mm-hmm. One, one thing my wife and I said to each other, um, I mean, even more so now that we have Josephine, the baby and like prioritizing yourself. Like if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. So like making sure you're fed, rested, exercised, uh, get your chores done. Like, yeah, it's for sure. Well, Casey, we can get old together and get in better shape together. And uh, one thing I want to do, if I can ever get to it, I want to run an ultra marathon in my 40s. Like the old man strength guys, I can just crank it out. So I want to do that. I want to get there. Dude, that's, uh, you know, it's impressive. Like, that's a lot. That's like, that's not just running, though. That's like, no, it's like 24 hours of running. What to do? Like, oh, is body. it? Yeah. I think there's somewhere it's like you're swimming too and you're like riding a bike and you're oh the tries? No, I'm not gonna oh, that's triathlon. okay. That's the no. triathlon. There's the triathlon and then there's oh, the yeah. just the marathon. the marathon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can ride the bike. I, I can't I hate swimming, so I'll avoid that. Cool, man. Love so it. that's all the questions I had for you, man. And uh, again, I'm super stoked that I got to talk with you today. Um glad to hear that you guys are doing well. And that um, your daughter is doing well, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm stoked to see what you have uh, in store in the future. Thanks, dude. I, I mean, I always enjoy talking with you. It's very easy. That's good to hear. <laughs> That's yeah. really good yeah. to hear. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, I will talk with you another time. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. You can follow Greg Christian on Twitter at Greg Christian. Or you can go to his website at 1800design.com. That's 1-800-design.com.